At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again today on our series breaking down last season's team player by player. We are taking a closer look at Cody Martin, who got into the starting rotation a couple of times, former second-round pick and one of the two Martin twins, of course, on the Hornets roster. Helping me to break him down and take a look into his potential future here in Buzz City, we've got the Hornets coordinator of digital media content, Sam Purley, back with us once again on the HHC. And Sam, as we take a look at Cody, his season overall, uh, certainly some ups and downs. He had the ankle sprain that knocked him out at the tail end of the season, but a really good rotational player in his second season in the NBA. Someone who was a second round pick, fairly high one, quite frankly, so you know, not a shock at all that he's started some games and become a mainstay in the rotation but definitely seem to take a step forward and to make a name for yourself a role for yourself in the NBA period is difficult enough but I think it's significant that he did it for a team that was winning and playing for something to stay in that rotation under those circumstances I think really speaks well to his future but looking specifically at his most recent season what are your takeaways from Cody Martin I think you know you kind of hit the nail on the head he's a guy that kind of does a little bit of everything knows his role multi-positional guy versatile you know not extraordinary in any one particular area but can get to the rim can rebound against bigger guards can defend different positions can handle the ball really well kind of fills in the gaps I mean I think the best thing about him and and same goes for his brother Caleb is that they kind of know their roles they said it multiple times throughout the year they're not going to be the guy relied on to get 25 or 30 points a night but 
they might be the guy that, you know, hit a couple knockdown shots, get a few rebounds, get a few assists, maybe a couple steals, blocks, push pace and transition. So, you know, good season for Cody. Obviously, it did not end the way he wanted to. I think he sat out the final nine games with that ankle sprain. But I think four points, three rebounds, a couple of assists, about one steal, shot 44% this year. So, again, just kind of a, a nice, really good multi-positional glue guy that James Borrego was able to utilize at a bunch of different positions, a bunch of different roles. And the Hornets really needed that this year with so many injuries and guys in and out of the lineup. I covered the brothers going way back into their time at Nevada, and they were premier players in the Mountain West Conference uh, on on those teams under head coach Eric Musselman, who's gone on to great success at, at Arkansas as well. But in terms of their games, there are certainly some similarities, but there's a lot of difference as well. I think Caleb has always been maybe a, a slight tick ahead on the offensive side of things Cody the stronger of the defensive set and in college you know it kind of stood out because Caleb Martin was winning conference player of the year because he was the slightly better offensive player on some really good teams but Cody might have been and obviously was because he was the the drafted of the two the one seen as maybe a, a higher ceiling right away in the NBA because of what he could bring defensively now they both have carved out really good roles for themselves here in the NBA but just kind of differentiating between the two, what is the thing that gives Cody his advantages over Caleb, who we'll talk about with someone else on another podcast? Yeah, they are different players. I know it kind of gets obviously brought up a lot because they do, they are identical twins and they look identical. I still, after two years, cannot fully tell them apart, especially if one is not with the other. But I think, like you said, what kind of got Cody a little bit of a leg up into the NBA and why he was drafted over Caleb was the defense. I think, you know, teams are looking for wing defenders, guys that can also handle the ball, play a little bit in sort of a two-way, two-way role. And that was Cody's calling card. I think he was Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. There's junior, senior year so that's what kind of got him and I think the defense has been really good I think he takes great pride in guarding the other team's best player which you saw a lot this year and I think kind of making things challenging on him and there's a lot of guys that can score out there a lot of guys that can score there's not as many that can defend at a high level granted you know I think Cody does have some you know can certainly get better as a defender. I think everybody can, whether it's individual or team. But I think he was kind of the team's go-to guy on the wing to guard that perimeter threat on the other side. So defensively, I think, is where he kind of really shined for the Hornets this year. And the reason, you know, a significant reason why they were able to kind of make a jump defensively as a team compared to last season. One thing that's interesting, even though they came in with their their particular strengths in terms of their individual games, and Caleb has shown himself in terms of, you know, top-line career-high scoring to have have the bigger games thus far but Cody actually shot the ball a little bit better from the field this year if you're just comparing the two but overall you know defense was kind of the hallmark for Cody Martin and it's hard to pick out a specific moment but I think just a, a lot of games where and Cody's his NBA size uh, really both of them their NBA size gives them some advantages here but they can you know go head to head and pair up or match up against a guard against a forward they're not afraid to go up against bigger players and certainly there are advantages and disadvantages when you take on you know an elite guard who's got that quickness edge on everyone in the NBA or those big men who have the size advantage to be sure but you know Cody was able to go out there and hold his own absolutely and I think that's what the Hornets needed this year I think they've got a lot of guys that can score you know or facilitate Terry LaMelo 
Devontae, you know, they kind of added, I think, a little bit of a wing defender when they traded for Brad, but Cody was that guy this year, and I think the one area, and he'll be maybe the first to admit this too, is if he can kind of really shore up and tighten up a little bit is a three-point shooting. I think if he can get that, his three-point shooting rose a little bit this year, but still only averaged one attempt a game is around 28%, so wasn't really asked to do a whole lot. He's not getting the volume and quantity of shots from three-point, because that just wasn't necessarily his role. It wasn't what he was being asked to do, but that's certainly an area that if he could be become a, a upwards of 35% three-point shooter on maybe one to two attempts a game and become a little bit more part of that offense. Granted, the Hornets, if they need him to become part of that offense, is kind of a different story. But then the Hornets, I think, would really, really have something, a two-way wing that can defend, that can knock down threes, that can also facilitate. I think that's something that kind of got overlooked a little bit as his passing is really, really good and his ability to finish at the rim. We saw a number of highlight dunks this year from him. He can get up a little bit. So a couple things, he, you know, if he gets a little bit better at, I think, you know, would really kind of elevate and take his game to the next level. And if he can become, you know, a really good three-point shooter who can create off the dribble a little bit, that's going to open up his ability to get to the rim and finish there so much more offensively. And again, the more you can contribute offensively, the more it helps out your defense again, the more you can stay on the floor longer and help your team. Last one, looking back at last season, obviously the, the biggest injury impact overall was Gordon Hayward, the team's record with him and without him, overwhelmingly obvious what that impact was. But if you focus it down on the eight games that were missed for Cody Martin at the tail end of the season, nine if you count the play-in with the left ankle sprain, I don't know that they finished five and four with Cody out there as opposed to the two and seven that they did down the stretch. But some of those close games, the loss to New Orleans where Lonzo Ball didn't have a, a tremendous game, was only four of 11 from three, but did score a little bit. Eric Bledsoe had some points out there, and maybe even more so that last game against Washington where Bradley Beal had a good fourth quarter. How much of an impact do you think Cody Martin specifically might have had had he been available? And that's, he, he was hurt. He was legitimately hurt. Uh, he's still recovering, so it's completely what would have happened in a fictitious set of circumstances, but that's what we do in, in sports talk in general. So what do you think would have happened? Yeah, that's an absence I think got a little bit overlooked, and you hear ankle sprain in the NBA, and sometimes it's one game or two games, and sometimes it's 10 games and if you know look at LeBron James just missed 28 games with an ankle sprain so or at towards the end of the Lakers season so you know like you said I don't think the Hornets run the table over that last six or seven games but a couple of those games I mean if, if it you know it comes down to one possession late in the fourth quarter and if you can get a couple plays and just kind of swing momentum a little bit I mean it really kind of ups your chances and I think kind of the strain that you know if Cody Martin's not there or another guy isn't there you're asking other guys to do more in their roles and maybe they can do it for one or two games but kind of the build up over four or five games constantly asking to guard the other team's best player or to do this or to do that I mean it takes a toll and I think that's kind of collectively what kind of led to that sort of tough finish at the end is I think just the strain of asking so much from some of these guys and the compressed schedule and different roles and increased minutes and things like that. I mean, it kind of takes a toll. So if you had added another guy in there or had Cody Martin in there, another guy that, again, could facilitate, could you know get to the rim, defend, take a little bit of more pressure off the rest of the rotation, I think it was all hands on deck towards the end of the season. I mean, as many bodies as you could have. So like you said, we'll never know the impact, but I think deep down, I mean, that really could have helped pull out maybe one of, the, one of those games, maybe another one of those games in New York or Washington 
or the Pelicans game, like you, like you mentioned. I think maybe the most telling thing about Cody Martin is, is I'm thinking back to that stretch run and thinking, you know, at Washington, could he have guarded Bradley Beal or Russell Westbrook? Yeah. And then thinking, too, at the Knicks, could he have been the assigned guy to guard Julius Randle? Yeah, I could see that, too. That There's such different body types game types and yet it feels like the answer for gosh there's a really tough cover who do you think would go out there well Cody Martin might be able to defend that guy yeah and it's you know when we say go out and guard Julius Randle Bradley Beal I don't know what Beal had in that game maybe like 30 something points I'm not saying he's going to go out there and Bradley Beal's going to have zero points no but if you can make things difficult for two or three more possessions and that leads to a turnover or a fast break points the other way I mean that stuff kind of adds up you know if it's Three, if you have 25 shots that Bradley Beal missed and he's now missed 28 of those or missed three more, I mean, that stuff kind of adds up. We're not saying he's going to go down there and completely lock him down as a defensive player of the year caliber player, but that stuff adds up a little bit. It takes pressure off the other guys, forces bad decisions, things like that. I mean, you can't overestimate or underestimate, I should say, sort of the, the impact that having somebody like Cody Martin could have, even if it's for a couple possessions for four or five minutes, you have three or four stretch three or four minutes stretch in a game can completely turn the outcome sometimes. Well, just as an example, the the Knicks game, he didn't play in the last one, which, of course, the team ended up losing in overtime. The previous game against the Knicks, he did play, played 24 minutes, and he was a plus 10. He actually led the Hornets in plus minus. Now, the team lost that game as well, but in a game later on that was tied, you think, well, what could have that impact have been from the defensive presence of Cody Martin, maybe that would have been enough to win it in regulation. But uh, certainly the the future ahead for Cody Martin seems to be a bright one, and the past uh, did certainly provide a lot of outstanding moments. And we're going to talk to Cody next, get his take on the season that was and some of his favorite moments next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center, now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanshop.com. Sam Farber back here on the HHC and it's time to welcome in Cody Martin to the Hornets Hivecast. Cody, thank you so much for the time. Thank you, thank you. Up and down season, your role changed from, you know, start of the year to the end of the year with, you know, times even getting up into the starting lineup. How do you evaluate yourself and your play this season? Uh, I mean, I think for me, like you said, it was an adjustment. You know, we've had I had games where I started, I had games where, you know, I didn't. I, I played some, I didn't. It was just kind of all over the place. And, you know, a lot of that had to do with just the flow of the game. Some of it had to do with injuries, whatever the case was. So I think for me, it was more mental than anything this season about just being ready, staying sharp. And doing that was kind of hard with COVID and being able to get in the gym and stuff like that so it's been an adjustment this season and you know but just trying to figure out a way to to navigate through that and be able to come out like that and to perform whatever and for this season but we're going to continue to do that not only me but as like a team as well so you showed that you can be a, a premium defensive player and also that you have a lot of versatility in terms of your long-term future in the NBA what type of role do you want to be defined as I think for me is I think that what makes me special is being able to be so versatile and not not necessarily having something really specific I guess and I think it's just the ability to to just and alter to whatever role I need to play for us to be successful to be for me to be able to go on the court 
and for me to be able to go out there and help put our team in a situation to win games. So I think that that's what I'm going to continue to do is work on my all-around game. I think, um, you know, obviously I'm going to continue to work on my, my shooting to be more consistent shooting so that, you know, once I get that down pat and then I'm, I'm going to continue to be able to guard the best players and go out there and work on my game and my body to be able to do that as well. So, and that's something that I have a lot of, I take a lot of pride in and I look forward to doing. Covered you guys for a long time, going back to when you were in college, and, and I've always been curious. I mean, there's other twins in the league, or have been, there currently are. Why do you guys do everything so similarly and always have, in terms of numbers one apart, you guys have the same hairstyle all the time. Some brothers are like that, some are not, but why, why do you guys like having it that way? I think for for us, it's kind of just always been that way. So I think some people think it's forced, but for us, it's just natural. I think that it's been like that pretty much our whole life. But, you know, some people think that we play, some people look at us and just assume we play the same way because same height, same body weight, whatever the case is. We, but we have two totally different style of plays and, and games and how we impact the game. And But we both compete. At a high level, we both play hard and we bring a lot of energy. So that's something that um, is consistent with both of us that's on the court. But in terms of our how we play and the way we play, it's completely different. When's the last time one of you was like, we want to change up the hairstyle or I want to shave the beard or that debate happened and who won? It's been never really, you know. I mean, we've, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, by the time he needs a haircut, I probably need a haircut. You know, he's probably going to get the same haircut. The only, I mean, I will say I just got a cut, I think, the last few games, and he didn't have one. That's probably the last – that's probably the first time in a long time I probably had a cut when he didn't have a cut. So, other than that, it's been pretty much the same, other than the, the design and our, our hair for our, our braids. Interesting. It's interesting. A lot to pick from this season, a lot of great moments. What was your signature moment from this past season? I think the play with C.J. McCollum, I think that – and uh, he, he's been one of my favorite players to watch, just his play style and how he approached the game. So, you know, just, just I guess, one of those plays. Just learning, just being able to play against those guys and Dame and stuff like that and see how they approach the game, see how they play and just learn, you know, and just kind of soak up and all the knowledge they have to give. And I don't know, I, I think for me it's just been learning ever since I've been in the league. So Here's some good defense. Cody Martin picks the pipe. McCollum goes in and throws it down with a right hand on top of McCollum. Got to get framed. Cody Martin, thievery, and then the thunk with the dunk. If you were going to put a poster on your wall that was, this was the 2020-2021 season for the Hornets, what's the image on it? I'd probably put one of Miles' posters uh, on mine because he's, he's caught a lot of bodies this year, man. But I think for me it's maybe that one, maybe against Toronto. One of those two, I guess. It's been a unique season with COVID-19. Obviously, the health and safety protocols changed a lot about the day-to-day lives for NBA players. What's one thing that, if things are back to normal next year, and we certainly hope it will be, that you're going to be saying, good riddance, I don't glad I don't have to do that or go through that anymore? Probably just like the testing and stuff in the morning, just being able to get some consistent sleep and, and just, you know, sleep in. I'd be glad if we didn't have to do that. But I think one of the biggest things I'd be looking forward to is to have all our fans back in the building. So, you know, hopefully that's, hopefully that's the case to where we can get everyone back in the building and stuff starts to get back a little bit back to normal. And it'd be refreshing to, to be able to have our fans back in the building and, and, and see them out there while we play. What's one thing that you wouldn't mind having stick around? A lot of things had to change. Maybe there's a, a good or silver lining one in there that you might want to keep. I don't know. That's a tough one because I guess maybe just, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I guess maybe just 
I was actually talking about with somebody. I was like, no, nah, I think about it. I haven't got no cold. I ain't got a cold or anything like that when I wore the mask. So I guess that's been beneficial throughout the season. Obviously, you have to. We have to do that to to make sure that our team we don't spread COVID if we get it, or you know, to obviously to pr- help prevent it. But you know, I guess I, I didn't really get a cold all season or anything like that. So even that one, you and your brother had the same. Oh, really? You said that too? <laughs> right, well, we didn't plan that. Then. <laughs> That's that. I, I can say for a fact, we got you guys separately. You didn't plan that one at all. Last one for you. Your expectations heading into next season. Obviously, for for guys on their rookie contracts, this was an odd year. No training camp, no summer league. I'm not sure what your plans are for the off season, but what what are your expectations for your growth in the next summer? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's just kind of knowing where I'm at and kind of uh, I got a feel this year you know when we added pieces to where I'm probably going to be I guess at, and on the court and where I'll probably get most of my shots and things like that so be able to hone in and really work in those areas and be able to to really be the best player I can be in those situations and the best player I can be in those areas to help our team and myself and I'll just really work on those this season to make sure I'm consistent as possible there and to be able to shoot and shoot it with confidence and shoot it and just get more comfortable and I think you know having this be going into my third year I'll be more comfortable I'll be more confident and I'll understand you know obviously I have a way better feel for our play style and, and what we do so just being able to go out there and just be more comfortable in those situations more than anything. Well, Cody, we greatly appreciate your time today and all season long and wish you nothing but the best in the offseason. Thank you for having me. We'll have more after this on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Sam Farber and Sam Purley here with you on the HHC. And Sam, we just heard from Cody and uh, interesting to hear, you know, a little bit of the backstory on why he and his brother uh, seem to do so much alike. Uh, Again, it's not to say that their games are identical. We know they're not. But again, I've covered them going back to college and they are two siblings who the roster was always very important and still is for many people who don't know them uh, all that well. And given COVID protocols, hard to get to know them really well in terms of face-to-face interaction because of the distance put between us and them. But, you know, having numbers on their backs make it a lot easier to tell them apart, and uh, it's just kind of the way that they've always done it. But even in their answers, where they weren't given the questions ahead of time, had no chance to compare notes, they come up with the same answer on something that they might want to keep around, and it's masks, something that so many players said they're happy to look forward to getting rid of. Funny, must must be the twin thing. I think it you know, when they first joined the team, it's funny, when drafted Cody and then Caleb signed, I think kind of towards training camp, they ended up making the team. It was kind of a, you know, obviously a really cool story and being from, from Moxville, which is about an hour and a half away from North Carolina and playing at NC State before Nevada and then kind of coming back. But still a cool story. I mean, this is not something you see very often. It's two guys that have been work hard, do the right things, know their roles, listen, want to get better, want to improve, great teammates. I mean, not only is it two great guys to have on the roster, but to be brothers and related, I mean, this is something they're never, ever, ever going to forget. And sort of having that blessing that you can play in front of your friends and family in Charlotte and be that close to where you grew up and things like that. I think sometimes that you know, I don't think it's certainly lost on them, but sometimes, again, it's one of those sort of cool stories, cool moments that, you know, they're still brothers. This is still kind of a really cool, rare thing that's transpiring in Charlotte to have 
two brothers that are different on the court, but like you said, so similar off of it playing together is, is really, really cool and not something that happens in a lot of locations in the NBA. And there are two players who were obviously willing to leave the state, leave their home region to find the best opportunity, having transferred from NC State early in their college career all the way out to Nevada to find the right fit for them. Obviously, they did. Um, but to get to, to do it at home. That's special. That doesn't always happen in the NBA. Uh, you know, certain players are identified with their home markets. You think LeBron James and going back to Cleveland and what he was able to do, but even initially being drafted by his hometown franchise. Again, it doesn't always happen. You know, it's just crazy how sometimes things work out in the NBA. You know, I'm sure that the move from NC State to Nevada was a big jump, but certainly the one that maybe they needed to make in order to kind of get to this level. And like you said, they worked with uh, Eric Musselman out in Nevada, who was an NBA coach and is now, like you said, doing big things with the Arkansas Razorbacks program. So that probably prepared them immensely for the NBA to kind of take the next level as they were kind of coming in, particularly Cody was on the defensive end, ready to come in and contribute right away from day one. So the other interesting thing I thought Cody said was in his interview real quick was, you know, so many guys took on different roles this year. You add Gordon Hayward, you add LaMelo Ball, you add more pieces. I mean, everyone's role kind of adjusted a little bit. And learning it on the fly this season, I think, was not the easiest thing. And I think maybe Cody had, that was challenging for him because he played a lot more on the ball last year. He was asked to do a lot of different things. When you add more guys, you add more talent, you know, you're role is going to change a little bit more. I think now that he kind of knows this is going to be the core of the team for next year, has a little bit better of an idea going through this summer of what he needs to do in year three to kind of fit well and contribute the best he can to this Hornet squad. In terms of next year specifically, both he and his brother have one year left on their rookie deal, so this is kind of the season that Devontae Graham just had in certain respects. He would be a restricted free agent afterwards. What jump are you expecting to see from Cody Martin beyond just hopefully a little bit more luck on the health side, but you know his rookie season, he went back and forth at times between the Hornets roster in the Greensboro Swarm roster this year, a consistent, constant presence with the Hornets. What is the jump for year three you expect for Cody? I think the three-point shooting is the biggest thing. I think if you can get that outside shot to knock down or maybe even a mid-range shot, I mean, that just does wonders. For, I mean, we saw it a number of years ago with Kemba Walker. When he got that three-point shot, it just opens everything up for you individually getting to the basket. It opens up everything for your teammates. I mean, the more floor spacing you can have, particularly in this kind of run-and-go, free-flowing, fast-paced offense that, that James Borrego wants to incorporate and did incorporate and wants to kind of continue moving forward. I think if you can get as many guys on the floor that are three-point shooters and surround LaMelo Ball and these guys, facilitators, with those shooters, I mean, it's going to do wonders for an offense. I think that kind of stalled at the end of the year in terms of generating points and things like that when you had so many guys out of line. So I think the three-point shooting is a big jump. And I think the defense, you know, is kind of Cody Martin's calling card. I think that can take another step forward. I mean, that's just something naturally – you know, kind of knowing your role a little bit more, knowing what you need to do. I'm coming in. If I can knock down a couple threes from the corner, you know, get to the basket, raise that free throw percentage a little bit, get to the line a couple times a game, take advantage of those easy those easy points, and then kind of continue to still do the rebounding, the facilitating, steals, blocks, playmaking. You know, he, I think he's a, he's a great playmaker. He makes plays on both ends, versatile. But I think a couple areas, like I said, shooting and picking up the defense and making it that much more of a strength, I think will be, will be big for him in his third year with the team. Lastly, in terms of 
an offseason, a normal offseason, what impact would that have? Because even though Cody is a, a slightly older player, he's, he's going to be 26 for this upcoming season on a birthday, uh, pretty much just before the season starts. So, you know, he, he's in his athletic prime. He has played quite a bit of college basketball and now professional basketball. So, you know, some of the those learning moments maybe are not as needed for him as, say, you know, a third-year player who was drafted at 19. But I got to think there are going to be some significant benefits to a normal offseason for a player who's included in that group that JB, Coach James Borrego, referenced several times down the stretch last season and that the Hornets had the second most minutes and games percentage-wise played on their roster by first, second, and third-year players, and the two teams bookending them were Minnesota and Oklahoma City. So Cody is included in that group in terms of not having a ton of NBA experience, even though his lifetime basketball experience might be higher than most of the people associated in that category. Yeah, he is a little bit older age-wise, you know, having two years in the league now. Um, he sat out a year in between the NC State and Nevada transfers. So, But I think the NBA, I think in recent years, is if you can play, you can play. I mean, this is, you know, it's one thing if you, it, you know, obviously there's a difference between having an 18, 19 year old guy come in that has such a high ceiling or you hopefully has a high ceiling, you know, like a LaMelo ball. And then you got to have guys that can kind of fill in the gaps along the way. And if it's a more experienced guy that played in a lot of different environments in college and has played in the G League and played in the NBA, I mean, he's certainly been exposed to a lot of different basketball environments. And if he can play, he can play. I mean, I don't think you're really worried about what age he's going to be in X amount of years. So I think having a normal offseason is going to be so huge. You talk about sometimes that they say the biggest gap guys make is between their rookie seasons and second seasons. Well, Cody Martin really didn't have that last year. They didn't have a summer league to go to. He didn't have, you know, they couldn't get into the facility for a number of you know, months, I, I, you know, and they could only go in one at a time or two at a time with one coach. And it was really just kind of one-on-one shooting or things like that. There wasn't a whole lot you could do. Hopefully this summer they can do more three-on-three, do more five-on-five, get all the guys in there, you know, do a little bit more live game rep kind of situation stuff that I think can really kind of propel a lot of these younger guys with a little bit more familiarity, a little bit more chemistry as they look to kind of get some momentum going into next season. Rooting for that normal offseason that we all anticipate to uh, be a reality. Looking forward to a healthier next season for Cody. You know the the injury time was uh, a bit more limited, but still uh, losing him down the stretch didn't help things for the Hornets and uh, looking forward to an even better year three than year two as Cody Martin continues on. Thanks to Sam Purley, as always, for joining us here on a two-Sams edition of the HHC. Yes, thank you for having me, as always. And thanks to Cody Martin for joining us as well, and most of all to all of you. We'll continue our player profile series here on the Hornets Hivecast. Next episode will drop in a couple of days. Till next time, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber, saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us, and we'll talk to you next time on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.